It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes and they last just for one week. Draft start every couple of minutes so you can join right now for week seven. And the best part is you get to play for cold, hard cash. Get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites, because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy, the value, and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff. It doesn't happen on draft. You get a selection of every premium player. You just got to be the smartest one in the room. It's a six-player snake draft, so you get in, you get out. Tournaments start from $1 to $1,000 to everything in between. Three-person drafts, six-person drafts, on and on. The options are limitless. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to use is promo code BGNR. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using promo code BGNR. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering BGN Radio List a money-back guarantee up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. Yo! It is a week seven edition of this week in fantasy as I am your host James Seltzer coming up in just a minute we'll get to Sigmund Bloom who was kind enough to give me 35 minutes of awesomeness so you don't need to hear from me let's get to Sigmund but first let me tell you coming up tomorrow Friday on bleedinggreennation.com my start sick column I promise I will not recommend Kevin Hogan again Maybe my worst call of all time. Certainly my worst call of the season. Um, I, I, you know, it happens. Everyone makes a mistake every once in a while. Otherwise, a decent week on that front. Oh, good for you. And I, I did call Kevin Hogan a home run play. He was more like a five strikeout in a game play, but you know. It happens. I'll never trust a Browns quarterback again. That shouldn't be too hard to do. Uh, as I said, that's enough of me. But again, uh, if you want more of me. No, God. No, God, please. No, no, 
No! Start sick column tomorrow. Saturday, WIP show. Me, John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gowton, Talking Birds. And then Sunday, we'll be doing our Delaware Park show on Facebook Live, the Sports Radio WIP Facebook Live page. And we're doing it live from Delaware Park, the Sportsbook and Casino. So that's going to be awesome as well. Can't wait. Come down. Hang out with us. We're doing a food truck face-off after, so that'll be pretty cool as well. So uh, if you're free, come hang out with us. If not... Check us out on the old internet, the Facebook live show. So should be a lot of fun. All right. That's enough of me. Way too much of me as it is. Let's get to Sigmund. Here he is, as always, Mr. Sigmund Boom. And as always, I'd like to welcome in our weekly guest. You can find his stuff over at footballguys.com. He's one of the owners of the podcast, eight days a week, The Audible, uh, with him and Cecil Lammy. And, uh, of course, on Twitter at his name, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, how are you, sir? Excellent. A, a little weary, as we discussed before we went on the air here, doing one, one of those drive three hours and back for an, an epic concert. But I think everybody in life, whatever that thing is, drive three hours and back and make it to work the next day, even if you have to sleep and are dead to the world for the next day after that. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And we'll get to that concert coming up, but I am a Big believer in the never miss a Sunday show mentality. With that, speaking of Sunday shows, uh, that's what we call a segue. Uh, let's dive in. As always, Sigmund, we'll, uh, we'll go through every single game on the, uh, the week slate with us. This is week seven slate in this case. Uh, and then we will go inside his mind later on. Uh, but first and foremost, let's start with Thursday as uh, the uh, high-flying Kansas City Chiefs got a little grounded last week, losing at home to Pittsburgh. Now, short week heading into face an Oakland team that – just looks bad, Sigmund. Uh, what are we doing this one? Yeah, Oakland season's on life support at this point. At two and four, Super Bowl hopes. Forget about that. Uh, playoff hopes. You know, just a winning season. And I would hope that they, it's like the Steelers did last week against Kansas City, ride Marshawn Lynch. We're always watching to see if Mario Cooper's going to get back in our circle of trust. Uh, and Derek mm. Carr. Um, on the Kansas City side, ask the Lions. You can be riding high and things can slip pretty quickly. So they, they can't let their guard down. As you said, the formerly high-flying offense, they, they need to not get stuck in that rut. Or we could be looking at an Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick kind of situation from the Niners. You know, It was a, an injury that allowed Kaepernick to get on. But if they, they repeat these kinds of games where the offense is, is not moving – there's Pat Mahomes, and you know that competition spurred Smith only for so long. Uh, so that'll be really interesting to watch as, as both of these teams are trying to get control of their season. Yeah, I agree. I, I still have faith that Smith will be uh, a solid uh, you know, guy moving forward. I don't think he's going to be an MVP candidate the rest of the year, but I think he's going to be good enough um, at, at least to hold off Mahomes for a year as they contend. But um, it's certainly something to watch after the first kind of real struggles he's come into. Uh, all right, moving on to the Sunday slate, and I forgot to mention two teams on by this week, the Lions, as you mentioned, the uh, the Lions who know how to come back and uh, and then come uh, go the other way as well. Uh, and then uh, uh, Deshaun Watson's Houston Texans on by as well this week. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading into Buffalo to start the Sunday slate. Doesn't seem like a game with a ton of fantasy goodness. Am I wrong here, Segment? No, you're not wrong. Uh, you know, Buffalo's got a, a 
competitive defense or a competitive team. James Winston's banged up. I, I would expect this to be a big Doug Martin game. And also, A.J. Greenwood Wild against Buffalo in the one game their defense cracked a little bit, and that could be a big Mike Evans game. But on the Buffalo side, this Shady McCoy is going to be rested. He's going to be ready for 30 touches. And we saw Adrian Peterson come back to life against this Tampa defense last week, and they're going to give LeSean McCoy a chance to get back on track and give him as much as he can handle. Wouldn't that be something fantasy points from Shady McCoy for his owners? Uh, that would be fun. Uh, all right, let's let's move on to another game that at least doesn't pop off the page in terms of uh, fantasy goodness. A couple of one good, really good defense and one okay defense here uh, as Baltimore heading into Minnesota. Uh, who can you like in this one segment? The defenses, like you said, the fantasy <laughs> de- play both of those fantasy defenses. You know, uh, there's n- really truly nothing. Uh, even Javorius Allen, Buck Allen showing us there's nothing, no one to count on Baltimore's offense. And Minnesota's defense is really good. And Baltimore's defense is pretty solid. And you got Case Keenum, and, and Keenum will be bold and challenge defense. And Adam Thielen, hooked on a Thielen. Uh, he's been he's been fantastic as a, as a target hog there and Jarek McKinnon we're going to stick with so you know there are some players you can count on on the Minnesota side probably because they can control the field position game they can control the flow of the game but this will be a low scoring game kind of an ugly game but they all count the same in the standings yeah I agree uh, I do like uh, again this not this match in particular but McKinnon looks better than I expected he's got some bursts there um, and I think he could be interesting moving forward alright uh, another couple of Ugly, uh, ugly offenses, yet two teams that have won already more games than I think many expected. The New York Jets uh, coming off a, a closer than expected game against the Pats heading into the uh, three and two somehow Miami yeah, Dolphins. Right. I don't know how they won that game segment. Yeah, this is a game um, that highlights what was the stat? 25 teams either in first or within a game of first at this point. It's and crazy. and these teams are right there. Um, and remember the Jets thumped. We're getting to the part of the season where we're getting to rematches. Uh, there were, I think there was at least one last week too. So the Jets thumped Miami the first time around. Um, the backfield's getting muddier. It uh, doesn't look like Bilal Powell's going to return. So maybe Pat, Matt Forte has some PPR punch for you. Austin Sparing Jenkins should have had two touchdowns last week could score one again this week one of the few reliable fantasy tight ends out there josh mccown is making this team competitive teams taking on the personality of their quarterback and he their their game uh they're they're fighters they're not going to go down without a fight jay cutler's personality was apparent (laughs) with miami until last week and you saw cutler showing some emotion you saw that come to life in that second half when it looked like, I, I think in the studio, all three, Boomer and Cower and even Phil Sims was saying, it's time to go. <laughs> let's give Matt Moore a shot. Uh, but they didn't, and it worked out. And this is eerily similar to last year when Miami looked dead in the water and Adam Gase got them on the same page and end up in the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to happen uh, this year, but this week they could move to 4-2. and two. And uh, it's probably going to be another game where they try to get JGI up to 25 carries. So he might be back in our circle of trust. Yeah, that's the smart thing to do, in my opinion. And and uh, man, I think Adam Gage is a good coach. The Do- uh, Dolphins are twelve and four in his last sixteen games, which is I it, I I feel like the Dolphins never win games, and yet it seems like they always win games. Uh, all right, uh, moving on. Let's head out west as uh, kind of an interesting one here is uh, Arizona Cardinals coming off uh, two weeks ago getting slaughtered by the Eagles, and then. Um, holding on but for the most part handling the Tampa Bay Bucks last week heading in to take on the uh 
the on again, off again, but uh, still somehow leading the NFC West, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, potential yeah. here for some fantasy goodness? I think so. You know, there's a London factor here, and I'm not, not sure. You know, this isn't like a Jag situation where these teams are used to this, but uh, – and, and look – this, and I agree with you looking from the vantage point of the beginning of the season, the somehow leading the West Rams, but they should have beaten Seattle. They had some bad breaks and, and they could have mm-hmm. had an even bigger lead coming in to this week. This team is we, we the, the season moves so fast and we don't get a chance to stop and appreciate these things. But what an incredible whiplash 180 turnaround for this Rams franchise under Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Wade Phillips. That's an important name. Uh, and, and just the feeling in the building, and the feeling on the field is so different. But the feeling for Arizona is different now. Get younger. They don't need to get younger. They need to get, get an, an, another <laughs> old man. An, another Apparently, right? Yeah. You know, like, let's do this one last ride. Like, what was that movie with like Schwarzenegger and Stallone and, you know, the old action heroes getting together for mm-hmm. one last ride? So Adrian Peterson, we're going to see if he can keep it going. Uh, at least there's a fit there in the power running game. There's a fit with a coach who's willing to feed him, unlike what was going on in New Orleans. Uh, it, you know, the, 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 this team now has signs of life. Uh, on the Rams side, they were scratched out a win with special teams, but I think there's more there to exploit. Patrick Peterson will blot out Sammy Watkins, but someone like uh, Robert Woods, who's been playing well, uh, Cooper Cup, these tight ends, they should get more involved uh, against some of the weaker parts of the Arizona pass defense. And and then there's the early girly man. And uh, mm-hmm. and and, and you know, unlike unlike my beloved Steelers, uh, they understood. You go to Jacksonville, you play them, you run the ball, you run it, mm-hmm. and you keep running it, and you don't challenge that pass defense. So they're getting balance on offense. It just should be an excellent game to watch. And uh, you know, I think both of these teams are should be feeling good in house about their chances to win the division uh, after some very important wins. And in Arizona's case, you know, this is this Adrian Peterson really might've been that piece, that magic elixir for this team to play up to their uh, ceiling. It's crazy. It's guy. It's just crazy. I thought, I thought he was, uh, he was cooked Uh, on the flip side. I'm with you. I think Sean McVay might be a a really good coach. Certainly early returns uh, are good. Uh, uh, Hell of a segue though, as you just mentioned, the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars is, uh, they have a uh, uh, AFC South clash yeah. against the Colts heading into India. Guessing no Andrew Luck still um, feels like this is going to be an ugly one. It is. You know, we're getting that news that Luck had a setback, and I'm not sure we're going to see Luck this year. And does that change the attitude of this Colts team? But, you know, it is at home. Every time we think the Jags might be turning into a somewhat consistent, decent team, well, they turn back into the Jags. But it seems like. You're going to see Leonard Fournette. We're going to watch his ankle situation. Uh, maybe see a little more of Chris Ivory. As always, if it goes according to plan, less of Blake Bortles and company. Yeah. Um, for Indy, it's I, a good formula. It is. Well, it's, it's a winning formula. And Indy, it's a winning formula to not. You, you know, you'll see Ty Montgomery and, and Dante Moncrief play smaller roles. Maybe Jack Doyle has another good game after his good Monday night. And, and then this is a game that. Marlon Mack should be a big part of on that fast track. If you're going to challenge part of the Jags defense, you're going to challenge them on the ground. Uh, and I, I think they're, they're an aggressive defense. They over pursue. So this can be a place where Mack and those solemn skier cutbacks that he makes. And I don't understand. It's inexcusable after how he played against San Francisco that they only gave him like three touches on Monday night. So, uh, and of course it's the AFC South. So even with no hope of Andrew luck for at least another month or a month and a half, at least uh, if they win, they're going to be back within a game of first. It's crazy. That division is is a disaster and has been for a while, and I'm 
I'm with you. Um, it is, uh, and I hate Jack Doyle. All that guy does is like tease you and then suck again and then tease yeah. you and suck again. Drives me crazy. Um, all right, uh, let's move on uh, to the team that certainly took the biggest blow last weekend as the Packers at home in Lambeau, Aaron rodgers list Sigmund. Uh, they're hosting a New Orleans team. I'm assuming we're starting our Saints, uh, but, um, you know, with this Packers, I mean, what do you do? Brett Hundley, uh, how yeah. does this influence that entire Packers offense? I actually thought Brett Hundley was a pleasant surprise last week when I went back and watched, uh, considering what he had to face, getting hit on more plays than not against the Vikings but that also highlights that this offensive line lost three players during that game we're going to watch the injury reports because you can't give him a chance if he's not getting any kind of protection and New Orleans defense is not a joke anymore you know uh, they shut out the Dolphins they put all those defensive touchdowns on Detroit last week Uh, they were the last team that made Cam Newton look like well people thought Cam Newton had turned into before he found his game so this Green Bay Packers offense you might play the one good thing I would report for optimism if you want to play a Jordy Nelson or a Devontae Adams this week is those back shoulder throws, the timing, the ball placement are, is there for Hundley. And he did a good job creating after he was flushed to the pocket at times. And we know he's a great athlete from UCLA. So uh, we're looking for some sort of pulse on this offense with a week for him to prepare. But I think only the wide receivers, and they're more like wide receiver three plays, they're, they're down in value. And if the offensive line gets together, maybe this offense can outproduce expectations with Hundley. But on the New Orleans side, they have a formula now with Ingram and Kamara. I think you got to play both of those guys. They're going to maybe Sean Payne may even tilt a little run heavy. Remember, 50 50 in the NFL now is really run heavy. So they may tilt a little run heavy, less on Drew Brees, but uh, Michael Thomas should bounce back in a big way without Darius Slay falling around this week. Green Bay secondary also banged up. Yeah, Michael Thomas coming off, what, three catches for 11 yards? That was a bummer of a performance interesting to hear your thoughts on Hundley though that's definitely going to be one of the bigger things to watch over the next few weeks certainly for guys uh, anyone who owns those Packers uh, skill guys Uh, all right moving on uh, the Carolina Panthers a long week after getting beat by the Eagles uh, heading into Chicago against a Bears team that's a little plucky segment yeah they're not they could apparently they could win the AFC North you know, they can beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They can beat them all. They're taking them down yeah, one they, by one. They can, they, they, they're, just, they're just in the wrong North uh, Carolina. You know, I would say they want to get Jonathan Stewart on track. Uh, they don't want Cam Newton throwing the ball 50 plus times like they did against Philly. Uh, so uh, watch Calvin Benjamin, you know, make sure his knee isn't flaring up too much, but he's that clear number one receiver. And uh, Christian McCaffrey is getting more in tune and sync with Newton in the passing game, especially in your point per reception leagues is becoming trustworthy. And with Chicago, this is that Blake Bortles plan, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, if everything goes according to plan, throws the ball 12 or 15 times, give the ball to Jordan Howard 30 times or more, give the ball to Tariq Cohen, maybe 12 times, mm-hmm. 15 times, and have him throw a pass or two instead of, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and that that can be winning formula for this team. And look, when Rodgers gets knocked out, then this division, I mean, Minnesota's two, or down to their backup quarterback. Uh, Detroit is in free fall right now. The Bears should be saying, why not us? Yeah, like, why wouldn't you say that? I mean, you like Matt Stafford, a, a hobbled at the moment, and hopefully the bye week helps him with that, but... Uh, hobbled Matt Stafford is easily, easily the best quarterback in the division right now. It's it's really a crazy spot to be in. I almost want to skip this next game, but we'll do it. Uh, the Cleveland embarrassments uh, going back to Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback hosting 
the Tennessee Titans who got a win on Monday night. Derek Henry showing a little something. What do you think about this ugly, yeah. uh, gross one here, Singman? Well, Marcus, start your quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends against Cleveland. So Richard Matthews, Delaney Walker, Marcus Mariota. And if you do DFS, Marcus Mariota looks like an excellent play this week. Uh, of course, we're watching the backfield split to see if they have something closer to the 50-50 split in snaps and actually touches favored Derek Henry. And they should. He's the better running back at this point. DeMarco Murray, well, Philadelphia fans listeners know what the that demarco murray is back oh and yeah and uh so it just took a i hate that guy by the way yeah yeah well <laughs> and so chip kelly or demarco murray uh both uh so tennessee you know the should have lots of success against cleveland's defense on the cleveland side well not quite the fanfare when they announced that deshaun kaiser starting as it was early this season when they announced he was starting but <laughs> you're making cleveland fans pine for cody kessler you know the state of the, get ready for a few more names on that jersey with all the quarterbacks it's 99 yeah no and uh, uh gearing up for the number one pick again so um good times in cleveland uh going back to the whole hate thing the dallas cowboys coming off a of bye heading into san francisco uh zeke wasn't playing then he was then he wasn't then he was now he's playing so for the next two weeks so um this niners defense um, has not been great, but did uh, tighten up a little bit last week against a bad Washington run game. How do you see this game kind of shaking out here? I would expect, and I am an attorney with a bar card, but I'm not a legal analyst by any measure. But I would expect at this point with the ruling that Ezekiel Elliott got that it's more likely than not he's going to play the rest of the year. Obviously playing this week against San Francisco, who does get Reuben Foster back. Uh, hopefully. He wants that candy. He wants to play. you got to love it's like Mike Singletary, you know, back uh, I think 49ers, I'm thinking of him, even though that was an ignoble stint he had as the head coach, you know, just the love of football and Reuben Foster. Hopefully that could improve uh, their run defense. But uh, Dak Prescott's playing lights out football. This should be a good game for Des Bryant. There's nobody that can really match up with him. And Dallas has to put up a lot of points because their defense is also not very good. We'll see C.J. Beathard, the Iowa connection, Beathard to Kittle, uh, Pierre Garçon should have a good game here, and Carlos Hyde, who took control of the backfield. Remember, Aaron Jones uh, looked like he was go going to be an all-star, all-pro, after he ran against the Dallas defense, so Carlos Hyde could be a good one. This could actually be a high-scoring game, although you remember when Dallas and San Francisco like was the marquee matchup of the year? Not, yeah, not so much now. No, yeah, it used to be a gigantic deal. Um, all right, uh, moving on as uh, we continue with the that was the first of the four o'clock games. Uh, Denver uh, coming off a awful loss to an awful Giants team on Sunday night, heading into San Francisco. Uh, excuse me, heading into Los Angeles, uh, close enough to face a Chargers team coming off a win. Big AFC matchup here with the Broncos and the Chargers. What are you thinking from a fantasy perspective, Sigmund? Yeah, we're going to watch, you know, there's a banged up Trevor Simeon. There's no Manuel Sanders. Uh, so Mary Thomas should be a strong play. The backfield split three ways. We don't like that. Um, I think that th this offense is shrinking now, and this team is. And one of the things we have to remember from how things went last week is that the, the NFL is still at its heart an emotional game uh, and a game of human beings. And... I think Denver went in, like a lot of us, thinking they were just going to be handed a win by the Giants. The Giants were in, in free fall, and now they have to find their medal. They have to find uh, their nerve. Uh, this is a team, a lot of players on this team have Super Bowl rings, so they should be able to. But it's a test against a Chargers team that, again, they won two, game, two in a row. 
And, and this is a topsy turvy. Usually, zero and four means you're done. But if they can get a home win against Denver, then um, they're not done. And especially if Oakland can uh, cooperate and, and beat Kansas City earlier in the week, that would embolden them even more. But it's the Melvin Gordon show. The offense going through Melvin Gordon. Hunter Henry has really emerged as a core part of this pass offense now. And against Denver, where you're not going to try to test, test their corners, that looks like a Hunter Henry game, not so much a, a Keenan Allen game. So lots of Melvin Gordon looking for Hunter Henry in the middle of the field. And Philip Rivers playing it a little more conservatively now. Uh, this should be an interesting game as you know, these teams are obviously headed in, in opposite directions coming into this one, and that could accelerate. Yeah, C.J. Anderson killed me last week. I hope he can get back on track against an awful, awful Chargers run defense, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Booker and, uh, and Charles continue to get work there. All right, moving on, uh, your team, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, whose season is not done yet. As you predicted last week on the show, the Steelers always seem to bounce back after those ugly disgusting, you know, awful uh, losses like that against Jacksonville. Bounce back with the win last week, now hosting a uh, Bengals team coming off a bye here. How do you feel about the uh, the Bengals heading into Pittsburgh? You should feel good, uh, although that's always a sign to be scared. But, you know, on the Cincinnati side, you like Andy Dalton, maybe not as much Joe Mixon, but coming out of the bye, we're interested what his fantasy value is going to look like going forward. But Andy Dalton facing uh, a defense that knows him well. It's a venue where he hasn't does not play his best football. A Steelers defense that is looking tremendous against the run and the pass. Uh, this could be a long afternoon. Start the Steelers defense. Um, and, and also be scared anytime I get confident about the Steelers. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, um, they found a recipe now, I think, where they lean even more on Le'Veon Bell. Uh, rain in the pass game a little bit. Uh, you will see this stuff, how they reacted to Martavis Bryant and these trade rumors that he wants to be traded getting out there, maybe a little more Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, but I would expect that the Steelers' defense can control this one and they can keep it conservative and continue to build back Ben Roethlisberger's confidence after the debacle uh, a few weeks ago uh, and, and just keep him playing within himself. You know, he's in that autumn part of his career. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, handed to Le'Veon Bell 32 times every game and you're going to be in good shape if you're Pittsburgh, at least. That's my outlook on it. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and mix and match from there, but make those two guys the, the centerpiece of everything, which, you know, they generally do, but I feel like they got away from giving the ball to Le'Veon um, as much as they need to. All right, uh, the aforementioned Giants, no longer winless Giants, hosting a uh, Seattle team coming off a of bye here. Um, what do we expect here? Obviously, I think Edvin Ingram, uh, someone to consider now with New York, but um, tough matchup here. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, it's, it's Evan Ingram or bust, basically. Sterling Shepard might be back this week, but you would absolutely look for him to be doing a lot in the middle of the field. Plus, against Seattle, you know, again, you don't want to challenge Richard Sherman. Uh, so that's going to be the passing game. But the Giants, a running team, really? Uh, <laughs> DJ Fluker, you know, lining up with bad intentions and try to run behind him. So Orleans Darko might end up being a, a better uh, fan, uh, waiver wire pickup than you, we would have thought, uh, considering what – the team thought of him, you know, drafting Paul Perkins and drafting Wayne Gallman. He may end up being their best running back and most valuable fantasy running back with Seattle uh, coming out of the bye. The trend the last few years, offensive line is a debacle. The offense has fits and starts. And then as the season goes on, they get some things in order and you know, Russell Wilson can pull a rabbit out of a hat. And, you know, this is a Giants defense that has some great individual players, but Sometimes they're soft against the run. Uh, you know, we saw actually Demarius Thomas own. You know, Janoris Jenkins had that pick six, but Jan Demarius Thomas was getting open and catching the ball a lot against him. So you know, Doug Baldwin could have a big bounce back week. The 
backfield's a mess there for fantasy, and there isn't much there anyway. But Thomas Rawls is probably the guy I'll be watching closely, closely to see if there's something there. He was the guy running first in camp and in the preseason, and I, I think that he's got more than Eddie Lacy if he can stay healthy. This is one of those rare weeks where it looks like potentially the two best games are the two primetime games at the end of the week. That's always fun. Let's start with the Super Bowl rematch as Atlanta has to go to New England. I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of talk about choke jobs this week. And Atlanta, this past week, another bit of a choke job there, Sigmund. How do you feel about uh, our Super Bowl rematch here with the Falcons heading into New England? Yeah, what we saw last week was everything was came out of the bye on schedule, 17 nothing at the half. And then when Cameron Wake and Dom Kong Sue started getting close to Matt Ryan, he gets a little unsure of himself. And you know, he's a quarterback that can be rattled by pressure a little bit. Not that New England has anyone that can get pressure on him. So we'll see if Mohamed Sanu's back. But th- this is your Julio Jones. We are still waiting for the Julio 210 for 20, 220 yards game. You know, th- th- this is potentially that game is, and I'm not. I never thought Steve Sarkeesian was going to really hold back this offense, but maybe he was. And uh, get back to basics here. Um, it should be a ton of points, a, a big Matt Ryan week. But obviously, on the other side, Atlanta's. You know, they did get Big, big Beasley back last week out of the bye, but he didn't have as much influence on the game. They're going to need him to get pressure on Tom Brady. We have seen Brady take a lot of hits and be under a lot of pressure as he's going to be standing back there trying to take those shots downfield to. Brandon Cooks to Rob Gronkowski and otherwise worked underneath stuff with Chris Hogan and, and, and Danny Amendola. And the other thing for fantasy we're watching here is that, I mean, I, mean, I, think, I think most even p- pedestrian football fans that watched Deion Lewis and Mike Gillisley said, that Lewis should get more work. And he finally <laughs> did. And, uh, you know, in, in potentially a really high scoring game, Deion Lewis could be a guy you toss in in, in your flex or if you're scra- scraping around for a running back too. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. In 2015, he was basically an automatic every week start for us until he got hurt. Yeah, totally with you. That, why they got away from Deion Lewis, I never understood. He's so good and it looks so good in that system. Uh, I'm with you there. Uh, all right, last week uh, game of the week is uh, my 5-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles uh, hosting Washington with – Theoretically, a chance to like close out the NFCs. Maybe it's a little ahead of uh, ourselves. Uh, but uh, hey, yeah, a little I ahead of know. ourselves. A little ahead of ourselves, but certainly uh, in pole position here. How do you feel about this one from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, yeah you know, and we saw this season open. Speaking of rematches, with uh, Philly going into Washington and, and getting the win to open the season. So I watched that kind of thinking, though. But uh, you know, Washington's <laughs> no, I know, I know. Well, no, sure. and I mean, and, and really, what's funny is, as fans or people that follow teams, like sometimes, well, just like Denver, like we were all thinking, like I'm sure Denver was going into that game Sunday night, and you saw what happened. You know, it's still human beings; yep. they're still going to play hard. But you know, on the Washington side. Uh, Rob Kelly could be back. Not that there's much there against the Philly run defense. Um, but Chris Thompson, you know, don't miscast him as a runner between the tackles. He's their best weapon downfield, though. And that's the thing for fantasy. Terrell Pryor, Jordan Reed, Josh Doxson, Jamison Crowder. It's all good for Kirk Cousins' value to have all of these options to try to attack the Philly secondary. But at the same time, it, there isn't one for us to pick out. And it's, it stands out here uh, on the Philly side. And you'll see if Wendell, Wendell Smallwood can get back out there. Um, this is a game Washington defense. Uh, and I, I, I'm watching most closely Alshon Jeffrey leading the in targets, uh, leading the team in targets against Carolina. And, you know, of course, you're know, watching Carson Wentz closely. You see the way we talked about this a few weeks back, just the way he's able to keep plays alive, the way he 
uh, is very aggressive on, on he's the best third and long quarterback in the league I think I mean I don't know what the stats are but you watch when you're watching the game when it's third and 11 or third and 13 or I think the touchdown to Aguilar was on third and 19 a few weeks ago um, he, he's a, uh, he steps up to the plate for the challenge and you really like seeing that attitude and, and with the myriad of weapons they have Ertz and Aguilar Torrey Smith occasionally uh, it, it's really clicking so I think this is an excellent game to for folks who haven't got to see once you know if you didn't watch thursday night i know your listeners have but uh to see his skills on display and and the way these the pieces of all of this team have really come together and you know but at the same time you um the team they lost to kansas city knows that uh, you win lots of close games you feel really good but it's a thin margin so this is going to be fascinating to see how philly responds to to that front runner mentality that they have not had in this organization for a while it's a great point. Totally agree. I, I feel good about it, but I'm 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 with you, especially against a team that knows them well. Um, you know, a team that that you know theoretically needs to win more and all that stuff. So, um, should be interesting. Uh, all right, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. Of course, as I said, FootballGuys.com. Awesome, awesome stuff over there, and uh, 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 the Audible. All kinds of awesome stuff. The podcast. So. Uh, check Sigmund out. He's worth your time. And at Sigmund Bloom again on Twitter. Uh, but now my favorite time of the week as we go inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom is Sigmund, a fascinating, interesting, uh, great guy. And, and I love to, to probe that uh, deep mind of his. Before we get started, though, I have to apologize uh, to James Earl Jones, because last week, Sigmund, you killed James Earl Jones. He is not dead. He's 88 years He's old. Not? Apparently, a lot of people tweeted in. Rejoice. James Earl Jones is Wow. Alive. How about I, that? I don't know what. Why did. <laughs> it's great. Well, that's that made my day. Wow. I know. Well, I, I, that's for the multiple people who tweeted at, uh, at me. Um, we are acknowledging James. We are so happy you are not dead. Yeah. Wow. Dedicate the show to him. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, now on to this week's questions. Hopefully we will not kill anyone this week in the Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom. First and foremost, you mentioned last week uh, during a different question that you were a philosophy major. So uh, I want to know who's your top dog when it comes to philosophy. Who's your, who's your mm. favorite philosopher? Um, Nietzsche is actually, in the fact that I said Nietzsche instead of Nietzsche should tell you, uh, but uh, – I think that Nietzsche, Freud, um, Freud not so much a philosopher, but should be considered more of a, a, a poet or somebody who told some interesting stories, not so much scientific stories about how we exist in this world. Um, but I, I think Nietzsche did a lot that really ushered in modern consciousness and that way that we locate ourselves as individuals um, that, uh, you know, we walk through this world kind of making our own reality. Uh, and I could get into some interesting, you know, the problem is that some of that, some of, some of the, the work on the Ubermensch falls into the wrong hands and the, the idea that you can do whatever you want. Well, it's, it, it, it can go both ways, but, sure. but, uh, I, I think that he is, a, it's a turning point in Western thought Freud to, uh, a turning point in Western thought of the way that we conceive ourselves here in this reality and what's possible and what's not possible. I love it. Fascinating stuff. Um, all right. Question number two. Um, we'll dig deep inside here. What was the last piece of entertainment that made you cry? Oh, man. You know, it's so funny because just to give I, 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 I'm a crier. Like, I mean, I, I and you don't just cry when you're sad. 
Um, so you didn't you didn't specify that, you know? So. No, I I'm with you. I generally cry. I'm I will well up a lot, and, and I, I don't know if I full I'll I'll cry yeah. for sure. Yeah. But like yeah. when I'm watching stuff, I will well up a lot, and it's almost always happy, positive sure. stuff that sure. makes me that. Well, way. you know, we'll, I'm, I'm spoiler alert. Getting to one of uh, something we talked about before the show, we may talk about again. You know, that 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 show, The Roots and Friends, that I saw last night. Absolutely. When I heard the swelling strings of the Dallas Pops behind The Roots. Um, it just it's made my heart swell and made my eyes well up with tears. I'm trying to think of something that made made me sad, but you know I'm the kind of like no it, no the question was made you cry. That's yeah, a perfect that's answer. That's it. That's it. And and you know I love it. before the NH- I love that mentality. Before the NHL season, I was watching just a, a, a montage of all the Penguins goals in the 20, 2016 playoffs when, on the way to the Stanley Cup, and like that that made me tear up. So it's 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 good. It's good. To, everybody out there, it's good to cry. My my dad taught me when I was young. If you feel like you're gonna cry cry i couldn't agree more like it's good to not just cry but like if you're if something's bothering you talk about it like anything like that just letting it out of your body and letting it out of you really does have a profound impact in my mind absolutely uh all right uh on to uh, uh, a definitive positive question i would think at least it'd be really weird if you went another way with this but um if you could have a groundhog day and relive any day of your life which day would it be and why yeah, um, you know, I, I, I'll be getting married soon to the, to the love of my life, uh, and uh, there was um, a night that we spent before we knew, before we had acknowledged to each other. I think that we were f- falling in love when we, it was. They do things in Austin where they have a ton of bands get together and play uh, um, a ba- the music of one band. It was actually Radiohead, which is funny, right? Like something so uplifting and positive. Yeah, totally. You know, That's really <laughs> the funny, music actually. of Radiohead, but it was, yeah, it's it was exactly uh, polar opposite. I think that we. I think we just talked and sat with each other while the music was going on in the background the whole night. But uh, that was a, a truly life-changing night. And uh, I, I would choose to just relive that over and over again. That is an awesome, terrific answer. Um, all right, final question. And we alluded to it before. And uh, going a little bit off script here, but when I heard the story you told me before uh, the pod, I had to just bring it on. So sure. sure. Uh, Inside the mind, tell us yeah, about the story. roots and friends. Well, it's a Philadelphia audience, so I, I don't feel like I'm I'm being too self indulgent here. But um, uh, about a month ago, I found out that the Roots were playing in Dallas with Erica Badu and and Robert Lasper and Bilal and a 50 piece symphony orchestra from Dallas and uh, uh, Kate, my the love of my life. I was just and they did yes, Erica Badu did sing "Love of My Life" with the symphony orchestra and the Roots is the backup mm-hmm. band uh, among other things. Uh, and uh, you know we. If, 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 my, if my voice sounds a little deeper or my brain sounds a little slower, you know why? Because we, we did the drive from Austin to Dallas and back. But Questlove did uh, put on his Instagram uh, uh, in the evening before the show yesterday, you know, special guest, you've been warned, unannounced special guest. And we could, I, my brain, all I, I could think of Stevie Wonder was going to be down here for the F1 show. But I knew if Questlove is saying you've been warned. Uh, but I still wasn't ready, and I think none of the 4,000 of us were ready when halfway through the second set of the show, Shaka mm, gone. I had to <laughs> edit it myself for you. Uh, came, oh, you you could have said it. <laughs> uh, oh, it's right. Well, our show's PG 13. So <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I have automatic ed- ed- editing there. Um, it's probably a good thing. But, she, you know, um, if you're a music lover and you know. Oh, my God why she's called the queen of funk and it was another moment when tears welled up you know just to see and i had to truly there have only been a handful of times in my life that well not because of 
things that may or may not have been in my bloodstream that I doubted what I thought. <laughs> I doubt. I, I really. I, 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 I turned to, to Kate and I said, "That Shaka Khan. I mean, I think that Shaka Khan. <laughs> that actually be the one, the only Shaka Khan. And if you're listening to this, you're like, what's the big deal, Shaka Khan? Go back and listen to Rufus from the yes, the please. Funk, seminal funk. They call her the Queen of Funk for a reason. She was a Black Panther." And she was in the same room with us last night, and that was very exciting. And the roots. That is so so like beyond awesome. Like I, I like Chaka Khan doesn't do stuff like that. Like you know what I mean? Like the, it's just really 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 cool. And um, I am super jealous. And I'm certainly gonna go online when we are done talking, and look it up and see videos of it. And I would suggest everyone else does. And and like uh, like Sigmund said, go back and check out the old funk because. Um, she was, she was a badass and, uh, she was awesome. So, uh, that's why he's the best. And that's why I love that segment. So again, uh, one more time, we apologize to James Earl Jones, uh, happy <laughs> yeah. that he is still with us. Um, and, uh, if you had and, James Earl Jones to the Deadpool, uh, you, sorry, you, yeah. you gotta, you gotta keep judges. Waiting. We go look to the judges and they say no, <laughs> the judges being all of you wonderful listeners. So thank you for, for alerting us. Uh, uh, I, when he said it, I was like, Oh wow. I didn't know James Earl Jones had died. But I guess so. It makes sense, and uh, and uh, we were both uh, very wrong. So um, so again, apologies there. And uh, uh, again, as always, Sigmund, thank you so much for hopping on. Always a great pleasure. Terrific stuff from Sigmund, as always. Such a pleasure to talk to that man every week. So uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to it as well. Always. A lot of fun. We'll be back next week with another episode of This Week in Fantasy. Going to try and get another special guest on in the next week or two, so look out for that as well. And again, coming up tomorrow on BleedingGreenNation.com, the Start Sick column for Week 7. And then, of course, again this weekend, all the WIP and WIP Facebook Live and Delaware Park and all that stuff I mentioned before. So should be a lot of fun. All right. For sure. <laughs> Again, uh, really, really appreciate you guys listening. Good luck this week. We need winners. I want winners. As I always say, as uh, you know, again, do everything you have to do to win each week. As uh, it'll go quicker than you expect. I can't believe it's already week seven. It's absolutely insane. So good luck to everyone. If you need any help, I am around at James Seltzer on Twitter. I should be a little more free this Sunday as well. We have the food truck face off, but. The uh, No Eagles pregame show is there on Monday night, so uh, a little more time to help out. So uh, feel free to hit me up, any lineup advice, uh, start, sit, all that type of stuff. Again, at James Seltzer on Twitter. So again, thank you for listening. Thank you to Sigmund Bloom. Thank you to James Earl Jones, who is not dead. Uh, and thank you for that awesome, awesome Roots Chaka Khan story. I can't wait to go watch those videos and uh and uh give you a little chaka gun on the way out because you can't beat that so uh again i will be back next week and uh, of course uh in written form tomorrow on bleedinggreennation.com so again thank you for listening to the week seven edition of this week in fantasy yeah.